and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I connect with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. All right, I am joined today by Gabrielle, owner of Cacao Wisdom, to talk about the wonderful, magical power of cacao. So Gabrielle, thank you so much for coming on From the Honeycomb. Yes, thank you for having me. And as we begin every episode, we like to take a moment to ground down and think of something that we are grateful for in the present moment. And so what are you grateful for? Uh, I am so grateful to be working with this plant medicine because just yesterday, actually, I organized a group of 14 women. We went out into the cacao farms in the Dominican Republic, and all I did was share this in a WhatsApp group, just saying, hey, I'm going out to some cacao farms. Does anyone want to join me? And 14 people came. And I just think it's just so amazing how many people are feeling like the call to work with Mama Cacao. And I just feel so, so, so grateful that I get to help share that. So just a little thing from yesterday. Oh, that's amazing. I wish I could have gone too. That sounds absolutely amazing. I had no idea they had cacao farms in the Dominican Republic. I know you mostly get your cacao from Bali, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, cacao farms all over the world around the equator. There's uh, lots of amazing farms here in the Caribbean, in Central America, in Africa, in Indonesia. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were just in Belize last year and we had some like cacao there as well. And so I think that's kind of how I found you actually around our trip. I'm trying to remember when I found your Instagram account, but um, we had some cacao there. And so that's kind of where the cacao journey started. But yeah, well, I, I'm so excited for today's episode. Yeah, me too. I'm excited that you've had some Belize cacao. I'd like to hear about that. <laughs> yes. Tell us how your journey about with cacao, with the plant started and what brought you to where you are today. Mm, yeah. So uh, about two and a half years ago, I was living in Bali. And I decided to attend a woman's circle and they were serving cacao. And I actually don't like chocolate. I'm one of those weird people that has never liked chocolate. <laughs> so I go to this women's <laughs> circle and we're doing some different ceremonies and things. And they serve this sacred cacao. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, I'll try it. I'm probably not going to like it. So I'm just kind of sipping on it and they're explaining about what cacao does and the sacredness of the plant medicine. I'm like, okay, sure, you know, kind of drinking it a little bit. And I end up drinking the full glass and about 30, 40 minutes into the ceremony, I just have this huge emotional release. I start like crying when I'm listening to this song and I'm like displaying all sorts of emotional things that I would never show in a group of women that like I didn't know. I'd only been in Bali for a couple months. I didn't know any of the people in this circle. And this is my first time ever attending a women's circle like that. And so it shocked myself. Like I was basically watching myself during the experience going like, what is happening? This is insane. So I just kind of leaned in to the experience and was allowing these emotions and things to come up. And then after that, I got really, really curious. And I wanted to know more about this plant and how it worked. So then a few weeks later, one of the ladies in Bali, her name is Lola, 
she knows so much about cacao. She was hosting a self-love and cacao retreat. And so I went on that retreat, not really too interested in the self-love aspect, to be honest, just like really wanting to know more about cacao. And that began my journey of deepening my experience with cacao. Lola encouraged me to start drinking the cacao every day and start building a relationship with the plant and my experience. And then from there, I ended up doing a facilitator training in Bali. And I wanted to deepen my knowledge. So then I went to Guatemala and I studied with a shaman of the Mayan lineage in Guatemala because in Bali, I kind of learned cacao from a new age spiritual perspective with roots in Hinduism and Buddhism. And I wanted to learn more the ancient wisdom and the origin story of cacao. So I wanted to learn like the Mayan traditions and the plant is natively from Central and South America. So I wanted to go there and feel that side of it. And after that, I started holding women's circles and cacao ceremonies myself. Now I am here. I've been holding them for about a little over a year now, I believe. Wow. No, that's amazing. It's so true. And when you were talking about there's, you know, the origin of cacao is in Central America. But then as you said, just a few moments ago, too, is like there's cacao all around the equator. And so it's amazing. I want to hear about the journey of cacao. How did it go from Central South America to other parts of the world? Mm, yeah. So cacao has a really interesting story. So it starts in Brazil area, northern South America, and also in Central America. There's a debate on like where the trees actually originate from, but it's been in those regions for thousands of years. And the first civilizations that we know to have interacted with cacao are the Olmecs. And from there, the Mayans and the Aztecs and other civilizations in those areas have used cacao for many different things. They use cacao as a currency. They use it as sacred aspects of their ceremonies and rituals. They use it as offerings to the gods. They use it as like an aphrodisiac. And when the Spanish and Europeans came to Central America, they started to see cacao and they thought of it as like gold. It was basically being used as gold. And so they took it into Europe, and that's basically when the rest of the world became obsessed with modern-day chocolate. They introduced cacao to Europe. They started mixing cacao with milk and sugar, and that's how modern-day chocolate was created. And it's like a whirlwind story. It's very similar to tobacco and coffee in that way, where there were like sacred origins, and then it got exposed to more and more people. And then people just fell like madly in love with it. And then from there, it's kind of like <laughs> changed into what all three of those are today. No, that's so funny you bring that up. I have usually my episodes are about architecture or then you know yoga or like spirituality and I actually just recorded an episode about the history of pineapples and that uh -huh. exactly is very similar to the story of cacao. I know it's a very random topic. It'll be coming out um <laughs> before your episode, but it's interesting. It's so amazing to see how such a plant, you know, something that certain cultures use as currency, ceremonial cacao. And then of course, yeah, when Europeans came and then they used it and kind of evolved. And it's amazing how much of, it's like a globalization of such a plant. And you brought up the Mayan culture. When we were in Belize last year, that's kind of where I had my first real contact with cacao. I made my own chocolate in St. Lucia, one of the islands in the Caribbean, but really experiencing the pure cacao form was originally the first time I had it was in Belize. And 
it's so amazing. Like we had a little ceremony. We got to, you know, grind the the cacao plant and then we got to drink it in its pure form. My husband and I, we aren't too big on sweets, so we drank it in the purest form. And it was just a really special moment to like experience something that a culture dating back thousands of years ago got to experience. It's such a such a different drink than when you're having like a glass of wine or beer or tea or something like that. There's so much power into it and you really feel connected to earth and it's so grounding. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's actually one of my preferred ways of connecting with people is to sit and drink cacao because like when you, you can drink alcohol, you can drink Uh, you know, all these different things that we use in like modern day culture to socialize. But when you drink cacao to socialize and connect with people, your heart is so open. And the conversations that you have are so beautiful because you're coming from a completely different space of, yes, feeling very like grounded, feeling very present. Your intuition is open. Your heart is open. So the, the route the conversations take and like the connection you feel between the people is so beautiful. No, absolutely. And so what is kind of if someone's new to cacao rituals and cacao ceremonies and wants to experience, you know, maybe they don't have the opportunity to do it in a group setting. How can someone, you know, have a little cacao ritual at home? Mm, Yes. Um, So that's also another way that I absolutely love sitting with cacao is doing a ritual just by myself. And so what they can do is, well, the first thing obviously is sourcing the cacao and the sacred cacao is completely different than what you see in like a grocery store labeled as cacao or cacao powder or things like this, which I can dive into like how to source it after. But so you want to source your cacao, Mm -hmm. you want to prepare your sacred cacao. And I like to sing to my cacao when I make it because the energy that you're holding in your body while you're making the cacao is what you then will like feed back into yourself. So if you're feeling very like stressed and anxious, take some time to like sit, meditate, ground, think about what your intention is for your ritual and whatever you need, mama cacao will be pouring that into you. So if you're starting your day off, Maybe I have a meeting with a client later and you want to be creative and you want to be like out of the box thinking. And so you set your intention and, you know, like you're asking Mama Cacao to allow you to connect with this person, to allow you to connect to your intuition, to allow you to connect to your right brain thinking, like creative thought, out of the box thought. Then you can kind of like hold this energy in your body when you're preparing your cacao. And then I like to find a beautiful space. Like I have this piece of fabric here. This is what I sit with when I drink my cacao. I like to cleanse the space by either like lighting a candle and just giving yourself time. And you can sit with the cacao. You can journal. That's another thing that I love to do is because when you're drinking the cacao with yourself, you're opening up your heart chakra. So literally the capillaries and blood vessels in your body are opening up. That's why you can feel tingly. The blood and energy in your body is moving. So it's a beautiful time for reflection, Mm -hmm. for meditation, for even visualization. So if you do any of like Joe Dispenza work, like manifesting type stuff, it's very personal. So whatever you're looking for, you can kind of like cultivate your ritual in that way. But yeah, that's that's something Mm -hmm. that I would recommend is just making your cacao, making a beautiful space, creating some time for yourself, and then cultivating whatever it is that you're looking for and asking mama cacao. 
I love that. And you brought up sourcing cacao, which is definitely something. So we bought some cacao while we were in Belize and it kind of came in like cacao nibs. So we have like a little, I forget what it's called. It's like the mortar. It's how you mix spices, the mortal and something with a P. And pestle, thank you. So we have that. So I've warmed that up to like melt the little cacao nibs we have, but I've also gotten it in little disc forms. So when you're sourcing, what's a good cacao kind of form to look for? And then how can you prepare it at home? Like what are some different options? Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to purchase it in the form of a block or in the actual whole seeds or nibs are just like broken seeds or beans. You can call them seeds or beans. Yes, yeah, so you want it in a block or that way. So you absolutely don't want it in a powder if you can avoid that because the powder is when they take the cacao butter out of the cacao. And that's just additional processing that you would like to avoid. And then the biggest thing is sourcing it from a sustainable farm where it is they understand that it's a plant medicine and like spiritual practices are involved. So when things are hand picked and when they're hand processed and hand roasted, lightly roasted, that's a big one too, is a lot of the commercial grade chocolate, they over roast it in these ovens and they strip it of so many of the health benefits and the spiritual aspects. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, of course, you want to be really mindful of the ethical part of the workers, of the farmers, of where it's coming from and what they're doing to the earth to get it. And that's all really hard stuff to know unless you like physically go to the farms. So I would say the best thing to do is to find somebody that you trust and see what cacao they recommend. Because like for me, I don't bring in any cacao unless I go to the farms and I see how everything is done. Or I know there's other cacao brands that like do the same where there's some person who's super passionate about sacred cacao and they make sure and go to the farms and see how things are made. Because you're putting this into your body physically, but you're putting it into your body energetically as well. So it's really important to know how the whole process goes and the least amount of processing as possible because you want the spirit of cacao, the essence of cacao to stay in there. So the least amount of roasting and machinery and big batching and all this stuff, the better. No, absolutely. No, that, of course. And I love that you go to the farms yourself and you source them because what you said is so beautiful is like, you know, we were putting it into our bodies and it's a ceremony and medicinal. It's it's such a more sacred, sacred plant. And you talked a little bit about the benefits of, you know, your heart opening and when you're drinking cacao, but what are some of the other benefits you can have to drinking cacao, I guess, on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. So there are physical, emotional, and energetic, like spiritual benefits to drinking cacao. On a physical level, it is amazing for moving your blood flow throughout your body. So it helps with anybody who might have high blood pressure or anything like this because it helps just move everything. Another aspect of cacao is that it has more antioxidants in it than blueberries. It has more calcium than milk. It has zinc and magnesium. It has bliss hormones in it like serotonin and tryptophan. Tryptophan, I believe is how you pronounce it. But they're basically the bliss chemicals that make you feel happy and expansive and grounded. And then on an emotional level, 
because there are those bliss chemicals in the cacao, it helps you feel like amazing and have a great day. Like there's a reason why when people go to chocolate shops, they always feel so happy. It's because actually that process when you pop open the seeds, so when you like ground it in with your mortar and pestle, it releases some of those bliss hormones as well, which is why like you actually like on a chemical level feel happier when you go into a chocolate shop where they're like grinding those beans. Mm. But also it helps you just connect with your emotions. So the amazing thing about cacao is it helps you drop into your body and it's a feeling where in Western society, it's very common for us to get very stuck in our heads and to be like overthinking and hearing that like thought loop all day long. And so when you drink cacao, you can be more present and move into your body and into feeling. And this is really powerful when you're kind of doing personal growth or you're like working through an emotional situation and you're, you know that you're upset and maybe you don't know why, or you're just exploring like the depths of your subconscious, like you're just doing like this kind of big work, very supportive in that way. And then in a spiritual aspect, cacao like helps open up your intuition and it helps shift your energy and it helps when you go into meditation to go deeper when you do subconscious work to go deeper because ish cacao the goddess of cacao she's very like nurturing and so she can help like anchor you and hold you to feel safer to maybe explore more like shadowy scary sides of yourself that you might not otherwise want to venture into she just has this like very like nurturing aspect so yeah lots of layers <laughs> so many layers and i kind of as you were talking about the benefits of it is because sometimes like at the end of my day i've thought about oh i'd like you know to drink a little cacao but i'm worried will it keep me up you know will i get you know sometimes you think about caffeine and chocolates is it better to drink cacao in the evenings or in the mornings or throughout the day yeah, so the different cacao from different places is either more stimulating or less stimulating. It's really fascinating. So okay. in the cacao that I found in Guatemala and actually in the Dominican is quite stimulating. Like there's a lot of like fire energy in there, which is funny because it kind of represents the place. Like in Guatemala, there are all these volcanoes and all this like energy and in the Dominican, there's all this like livelihood and like spice in the culture and stuff. Whereas the cacao from Bali is more neutral. So I can drink the cacao from Bali at night and then sleep absolutely amazing. And I even have more lucid dreams and more like visual dreams when I drink the cacao before I go to sleep. I drink it to kind of relax, unwind, journal. I love pairing it with a bubble bath. That's like one of my favorite things. But I would not drink, yeah, <laughs> but I would not drink um, the Guatemala cacao at night because that one is so fiery and so stimulating. So that's one of my intentions actually for this year is I'm also going to be bringing cacao from Guatemala to the United States and bringing cacao from the Dominican. And so that way people can even try cacao from different regions around the world and see which ones they resonate with because they all have a little bit different energy, different amounts of like fire or relaxation and things like this. So yeah, kind of depends on where it's from. 
Oh, I had no idea because I know I have a little bit more cacao. I think I bought from Guatemala too. And that's the one I'm always like nervous about drinking, you know, during the evening before bed. But I love, it makes so much sense that wherever the plant is from, kind of it holds that energy of of the vibe and the energy of that place. And you brought up goddess Ishel, right? The goddess of cacao. Can you tell us more about her? Yes. Yes. So her name is Ish Cacao. And it's I-X apostrophe cacao. And Ish actually means goddess. And so she has an amazing story in the Mayan Cosmovision. She has been looked at to be the goddess of like abundance, of fertility. Whenever she is manifested into like a physical form, like in a statue or in a drawing, it's usually this very like voluptuous woman with cacao pods coming out of her body, showing like abundance. And there's actually a legend about Ish Cacao that says that when humanity is the most disconnected from themselves and from nature, that she will then walk out of the jungle and reintroduce herself to humankind to help rebalance us and reconnect us with Mother Earth, with nature and ourselves. And so it is believed that it's no coincidence, I just got goosebumps actually, that it's no coincidence <laughs> that uh, cacao is reemerging into our society now, thousands of years later from its origin story with the Olmecs and the Mayans, because we have grown so distant from the sourcing of our food, from our connection with the earth, mm-hmm. from uh, reciprocity, from the giving and the taking between us and our planet and this like love affair and connection with earth is like gone basically. So it is believed in the mind possible vision that she will come and she will teach these lessons to us when we need it the most. And I feel like we absolutely need that right now. And I think you actually shared it on Instagram too, exactly like the fact that more people are being more introduced to cacao. And I know one of my first experiences with cacao was at, I think, a woman's circle as well. And I was recently at a festival of love in LA and we had a cacao ceremony at the beginning. And I mean, the cacao, my husband who'd never really had a cacao ceremony was with me and he's just like, wow, this is actually like pretty amazing. Like it just, it doesn't just taste like your, you know, Nestle's hot chocolate. And it's so true. So many more people are just reaching for the cacao and I see it more popping up, especially in like, you know, it it is in the spiritual kind of communities, but I see it a little bit more out as well. And so I hope she does come out more because like you said, she has that grounding and that so much energy, the positivity that comes to her and you can connect back to like mother earth with her as well. And I just had a question and I completely blanked on what did it? Oh, that's right. I remember now. As I was thinking about the last cacao ceremony we went to with my husband at this like festival of love in LA, the cacao had a mix of different flavors in it as well. It was the alchemist also put in some licorice root, I believe, and kind of just mm. changed it up a little bit. Hands down was the best cacao I've ever had. Um, whatever else, I can't remember what else he put in it, but do you drink your cacao pure or do you add little you know ingredients with it do you and also would you second part of that question too is would you like make it with water or like milk or like vegan milk oat milk Mm -hmm. yes so I basically am my own medicine woman in this sense so I think about what it is that I want and what I need this day and I will create the cacao to support that so 
there's one recipe that I make that I call Higgy, and it's a Danish word for cozy. And so this one I make when I'm feeling maybe a little bit sad or I'm feeling a little bit down or I'm feeling like I just want that snuggly, cozy up by a fireplace with like like soft, snuggly socks on and like a big oversized sweatshirt, you know, hair in a bun type of energy. And that one I make with cacao cream. So it's very thick. And I use the ceremony cacao and then I put honey in there and cloves and cinnamon and nutmeg. And I basically make it taste like Christmas in a cup. And that one is just like, that one just feels like a hug in a mug. Like it sounds so corny, but it just, it really soothes the soul. Like when you want that really cozy energy. Or if I want more like fiery energy, I'll make it in a more traditional Mayan way, which is with water, with cacao, with a little bit of cinnamon and cayenne pepper, maybe even with some achote, some different seasonings in that sense and keep it more like a little more bitter, a little stronger, a little more fiery. And then there's like everything in between. I like to make it, oh, with cardamom. Yeah, there's so many spices you can play with, with chai. It, it, so I make it basically like a a medicinal recipe for whatever energy I feel like I want that day. Mm, wow, that's just so many different options. They all sound so good. Like I'm, I'm just thinking about as you were talking, like what spices I have at home that I could kind of incorporate because it's yeah, it's whatever kind of you're also calling in and how you're feeling. And I think also with the seasons too, because I know mm. when you think about drinking cacao, you think about oh, you know, winter months and when it's cold and in the summer, I don't want to be drinking a hot cup of liquid. Like it's, it's hot. It's, you know, I'd like a cooler drink, but I'm sure there's so many spices you can play with depending on the different seasons. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And also speaking of seasonality is I play with it with my, the seasons of my cycle as well. So like depending on my menstrual cycle, I will want it different ways in like my summer, my fall and my winter and things like that too. So you can kind of be your own alchemist and play with what what feels good. And it's really fun too to learn more about the herbs and what energies they cultivate and what health benefits they have. So like for example too, if you're doing a lot of work like around your heart space, uh, rose petal tea and is very good for the heart chakra. So you can add some rose petals to your cacao. So you can kind of weave in these different methods and modalities and medicines and kind of cultivate what, what works for you, you know? No. And I love that you brought up the menstrual cycle and the seasons and connecting with those because I am definitely more honing in on kind of my cycle as well and, you know, scheduling things around like I'm about to enter my summer phase right now. So I've kind of scheduled a lot of interviews and calls and I'm doing like right now I'm, I'm, I'm very productive. And so what are some maybe recipes, especially I guess, you know, now I am in the summer months, but there is, I feel like a lot of kind of challenge for me to sit and to rest, especially during, you know, when I do get my moon cycle and I'm in that winter phase. What are some, I guess, if you have any few little spices for each of the different phases of the menstrual cycle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I'm in my fall, I like my cacao strong and I like it fiery. So that's usually when I'll like the cinnamons and the cayenne peppers, or I'll just have it with just water and cacao. Like I just want to taste like just the cacao and I want it to be strong. And then when I move into my winter, 
That's usually when I want it a little bit sweeter and a little bit cozier. So sometimes I'll just add in like the local organic honey or sometimes then I'll add in like the almond milk or the oat milk and just make it a little bit creamier and a little bit sweeter. And then as I move into my spring, I actually start to crave cacao less personally. And so then I like it even lighter. Like I'll add less cacao into the mixture itself and make it lighter in that sense, like uh, more water, less cacao. And then I usually like to play with other spices than like some, maybe some chai, maybe some lavender, maybe some rose petals. And then in my summer, I crave cacao even less. And then it starts over where I'm like, oh my gosh, give me all the cacao as I start like coming back into my fall. So that's just the rhythm for my cycle. It's not the same for everyone. Like I've talked to Mm -hmm. so many women about this because I've actually also found that when I drink cacao in my fall and winter, it drastically reduces my period symptoms. So I won't have period headaches. Mm -hmm. I won't have bloating. I won't have cramps or mood swings, which is funny because you know how us as women, there's that stereotype that we crave chocolate when we're on our cycle. That's by no coincidence. Like our body knows that there are properties inside of cacao that our body needs during this time. It's just that what we have is chocolate today is so far removed from cacao. We're not getting those benefits anymore, which is why it doesn't actually help. But if you drink cacao, it actually helps. But yeah, I would I would play around with it and see what feels good on your cycle. Oh, absolutely. Well, I am definitely going to try that next cycle because I'm also, yeah, trying to find natural ways, especially to kind of match the harmony of my cycles. And I've read about cacao. And of course, I know the stereotype of women, of course, love chocolate. We crave chocolate. And so it's true, but it there is just so much medicinal, you know, properties to this amazing plant. And I wanted to kind of talk back to when you go to the cacao farms and when you are experiencing them. I've seen a few cacao trees and cacao plants and I've seen, you know, some of the cacao nibs. But when you look for, when you go to visit these farms, what do you kind of look for as far as like the health of the plant? I know depending on where it is in the world, what do you look for when you're at the farm to know if this is a farm you could get? So besides the, you know, the practices and the, you know, the ethical course of the workers, but the plant itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are a lot of different varietals of cacao. There are three main ones. There's Criollo, Trinitario, and Forestero. And then there's literally like mm-hmm. thousands of other offshoots of that because I had one cacao farmer described to me as the tree being very promiscuous, which I thought was so funny. And basically what he meant by that is that in the different places, the trees like cross pollinate and mix with each other so much and then mix with different essences of the trees around them that there are so many offshoots of the varietals. They change so much region by region. So there are literally thousands of them, but there are three main types. And so when I go to a farm, I look for a farm that has the older genetics, the Criollo or the Trinitario genetics, because there's, there's, Criollo is the type of varietal that the Mayans use and that um, is found a lot in Central and Northern South America. And then there is Forestero, which is this varietal that is easier to grow and lives longer and produces more cacao. And that's what like the mass production of chocolate uses. That's more like cocoa beans. And so those are often found in Africa and in other places that like massively export cacao beans like for chocolate. 
And so there's a hybrid that's in between those two called Trinitario. So I look for farms that have Criollo and Trinitario varietals. And you can tell by the pods, like some pods are longer, some pods are shorter, some pods are this like really dark brown color, some are yellow, some are red, some are green. It's actually quite beautiful, like the orchestra of colors that you can find out there. But yes, I do like to work with mostly those two varietals because it is said that there's more theobromin in those two, which theobromin is the chemical found in cacao that is like the spiritual aspect. Theobromin actually means food Mm. of the gods. And so this is the part that like opens up your heart chakra and opens up your capillaries and blood vessels. And it's the part that science doesn't totally understand. It's this like mystical aspect. It's also what makes cacao poisonous for dogs and horses. Fun fact. But our bodies, the way that we process it, yeah, is the that's like the expansion. That's the that's the spiritual aspect. So there is said to be more of that in those two varietals. Interesting. No, that that may, I never knew. I knew you couldn't give chocolate to dogs, but it's because of that. Interesting. And I liked how you talked about the orchestra of colors and all the different bean sizes. Because yeah, you know when you get the packaging, you never really see the cacao plant on any of the main not to name all the big brands, but, you know, it's usually an animated character or something, not the actual cacao bean itself. And so I think yeah. it's beautiful to hear about, you know, the different varieties of the plants and there's just so much to it, not just, you know, it's something in, in a brown form. And I just had another question and I completely lost it too, but when you were talking <laughs> about, oh, about the dogs and the horses, it made me think of, can like children drink cacao? Like, is there an age too early Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, children can drink cacao and you can also, excuse me, drink cacao when you're pregnant. What we just recommend is you drink like a half dose or less and always listen to your body. If you're drinking it, because sometimes, like I said, like on my cycle, I'll crave more or less. So sometimes I'll make myself a cup of cacao and I'll be only like halfway through it. And I just feel like, mm, I don't want any more. Like there's something in your body that's just like, mm, that's enough. So just listen to your body. But yes, absolutely. You can make a cow for kids. You can make it fun for kids too. You can add in like little marshmallows on the top or you can show them where it's from and kind of like make the process like more interactive and things like this. I make cacao for my little cousins and I know a lot of moms make cacao for their kids or uh, like to drink cacao when they're pregnant and stuff too. So yes, you, you absolutely can. I just think just pay attention to how you're feeling. And I wanted to talk about the community you're kind of building, I know, on on social media. And I just love the amount of like rituals you provide and then the circles. And tell us more about your company and like what listeners can, you know, if they go to pick a cacao from your company, what options you kind of have. Yeah, so I am right now bringing cacao from Bali to the United States because I just spent the last few years there on a huge personal growth journey. And so I want to bring the magic of Bali back to the United States. And I think cacao is such a beautiful way to do that because the Balinese, they have some amazing traditions around gratitude and offerings and also celebrating duality, which I think is really lacking in our culture in the United States is celebrating our light and dark sides. 
and they recognize that both of those are beautiful and divine and perfect. They actually like worship both of those. So with all that energy there, I want to bring that to the United States. And I want to also bring the magic of ritual because I think that there's something absolutely beautiful about taking time out of your day making a beautiful space for yourself, especially with flowers and with nature, sitting outside, connecting back with Mother Earth. And I just want to help cultivate this magic in more people's lives and help them stop and pause for a moment out of the nine to five rat race, connect with these like deeper inner knowings that are in everyone. Like this wisdom is within us all. Like I think it's just sleeping. It's just dormant. I love creating women's circles and creating space for women to connect with each other. Because when they have the space to feel seen and feel heard and share the stories that they're going through, one, you can realize you're not alone, but you create this like very powerful energy. And I don't know if you know this, but it's actually really traditional. If you go back hundreds, thousands of years for women, especially when they're on their cycles to gather in circle, like there's the red tents, there's all these different times when women would come together and gather in circle. And the circle is really interesting as well because divine feminine energy is cyclical where divine masculine energy is linear. So it's kind of interesting that women kind of crave this sense of, yeah, like this circular energy. And it's in these spaces that I love to help people move deeper into themselves and understand and connect with what it is to be a woman and teach all this magic that I've been learning from around the world because this is very much part of my journey is I felt so disconnected from being a woman basically my whole life. I always felt very like masculine or like uncoordinated and definitely not sexy and not magnetic and not just in that energy whatsoever. And so it's in these spaces with Mama Cacao and in ceremony, bringing women together where we can cultivate this energy. And it's so beautiful and so magical. And I absolutely love it. I can definitely tell you're just like radiating the energies of Mama Cacao. Well, Gabrielle, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on from the honeycomb. I have learned so much. You've actually inspired me. I think tomorrow I didn't know what I was going to do, but I think I'm going to have a little cacao ceremony for myself and kind of play with spices, see how I'm feeling, because I think that'll be, it's just, you've inspired me so much and I've loved learning from you. I love that. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. It was such a pleasure having you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And if you want to learn any more about cacao or any recipes or anything, just um, feel free to reach out to me or follow me on cacao.wisdom on uh, Instagram or TikTok because I'll be posting information about this and the Divine Feminine And I'll actually be holding a free workshop where I'll teach more in depth about how to make different recipes, cacao recipes, how to do different rituals, and I'll be filming it so that way you can see everything live and ask questions and just kind of like create a deeper relationship with Mama Cacao. Oh, I love that. And I'll provide links in the show notes for everything so you can get connected. And thank you again for coming on. This was a pleasure. And I think I'm going to have to check out one of those workshops. Yeah, definitely. I hope to see you in there. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb. If you liked it, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast and be sure to check out the link in the show notes to sign up for my monthly newsletter where you will receive a spark of positive energy in your inbox. Thank you so much and see you next week. 